Welcome everyone to our monthly live. My name is Shabnam Abgari and I am your host today at Be Infinite, um, a platform for online transformative uh, learning to realign people with their inner balance and life purpose. Be Infinite was founded with the vision to inspire people to get in touch with the wisdom of their heart and empower them to actualize their true potential. We are also offering various ways of collaboration uh, to unite consciouspreneurs, healers, and educators, and the people who are seeking those solutions to create a world where everyone lives in balance and harmony in, and in alignment with their true purpose. Today is uh, International Yoga Day. Happy Yoga Day, everyone. The United Nations proclaimed 21st of June as the International Day of Yoga in December 2014. And each year, the believers in the power of yoga come together to celebrate the consciousness created by this ancient practice. And we are also ready to welcome the summer as today marks the summer solstice. The summer solstice is considered as an important day in Indian mythology as it marks um, an event that could be considered the start of yogic um, science. As yoga means unity, let us connect by centering in our hearts, the plane of our unity. Now I invite us to become one mind, one heart, and one consciousness. Close your eyes and take a moment to get centered in your heart. Rest your attention in the center of your chest. Become aware of your breathing moving in and flowing out from the center. Now allow your breath to become slower than normal. We breathe in five seconds intervals. Breathe in through your heart to a count of five. And hold for five seconds. out through your heart to a count of five. In through your heart. And hold. Out through your heart. And as you continue this heart-focused breathing, immerse yourself in the love and unity that is expanding in your heart. Feel that you are all connected and one with everyone and everything. Now we are one. And with this unity and oneness, we are ready to start our session. All right, everyone, in this session, we do have the opportunity to speak with a diverse panel of yoga enthusiasts who will empower us to, with various ways to unite our minds and our bodies. Just a little bit about myself. I am a transformational coach and the co-founder of Be Infinite Coaching and Consulting. And I empower people to take steps beyond their comfort zone to align with their life purpose. I truly believe that we can co-create our, our ultimate reality together as we are one consciousness. 
I remember since early on, I had a great curiosity for the meaning of life and the consciousness as a whole. Throughout my journey, this curiosity inspired me to study the works of many great minds and uh, amazing teachers with the focus on the mind, body and soul connection. I was always fascinated by the role of consciousness in the way we experience our lives and the healing. I have been actively practicing mindfulness over the past few years, and I can tell many of my life's key healings have been inspired by two facets of yoga specifically. Uh, that would be pranayama, breathing techniques, and dhyana, the meditation techniques that we will um, talk more in, more in depth about throughout the session. These two have guided me on my path of living an intentional life. And in the past few years, I have been studying the individualized consciousness and its connection with the universal consciousness. Uh, the purpose of yoga is to unite the two. I feel very inspired to explore these concepts at a much deeper level. So I am very excited for our session today. And without further ado, please join me in welcoming Dolmat Sering, yoga and fitness instructor, Gabriela Vannon, yin and vinyasa yoga instructor, Kim Hansen, heartfulness trainer and lover of life, Negin Khorasani, consciousness activist, educator, heartfulness trainer, and the co-founder of Infinite. Just a little bit about what to expect from the session today. We start the panel discussion and um, then you will have the opportunity to ask your questions from our panelists. Um, next, we will move to a practical taste of yoga with a very simple yet powerful techniques, which can be incorporated into your daily routine to cultivate mind and body connection. Then we will watch a short inspirational video and then uh, close the session. So if you're already ready, let us start our conversation with our um, amazing panelists. Let us start with you, Dolma. Please share with our audience, what is yoga for you? Hello, everyone. Um, thank you. Um, my name is Dolma Tering. Um, <clears throat> so I live in Toronto. Uh, I'm a Tibetan by background. Um, so I've been here like six years now. And my yoga journey starts uh, just around the time that I came here. So it's not too long ago. But since I <clears throat> Uh, stepped into this journey. Uh, I've been very faithful and I've been practicing ever since, um, almost every day. Uh, so this is my go-to practice. It's everything. Yoga for me is, uh, yoga for me is a continuous practice of knowing myself, actually. Uh, you don't have to go too far. It's just in fact, knowing about your own body and knowing, and that in turn, know, you know, that there's this, it serves as a bridge, as a connection to, to your mind, into your body. So that's how I kind of, you know, uh, bring about awareness, what's really happening in your body. And that affects, effect, uh, I mean, affects the state of your mind as well. So for me, yoga is, a path and eventually yoga is a unity between your mind and your body you to others this cosmic little body to the whole cosmic body so it's you know this unity is so beautiful so uh in short um i would like to say that yoga is not just a physical uh, aspect of anything if you can you know keep doing it's a continuous practice you have to do bit by bit and then it will you know uh, 
help you know yourself a little bit better. And eventually you will be able to bring, uh, get that calmness and peacefulness. Uh, and then, you know, I am like very grateful to have, you know, uh, being uh, in this journey. So I am enjoying, and I hope you guys will enjoy too. And you can start at any, anywhere, just a little bit. Maybe just a simple asana will help. Breathing techniques will help, but you just have to go and do something about yourself because it's high time. We all, we will all love, you know, doing something that's good for yourself and good for others. Thank you so much. Thank you, dear Dolma, for taking us through your inspiring journey and also sharing your thoughts on yoga with us. Um, Gabriella, let's uh, hear from you. Tell us what is yoga for you and how has it evolved your life? Yeah, hello to all of you out there. I am Gabriela and I am 45 years old, living in Germany. And um, I have over 20 years uh, experience in yoga. Actually, I started practicing yoga because I was looking for back pain relief. During many years, I tried several different practices, but in the end, I found out that during my first yoga class, I felt that yoga can help my body to relax. And throughout the years, I learned that there is more behind yoga, more behind the body-related exercises. Um, it is obviously not just the asana practice. It is not only the postures and alignment for me, it's about becoming aware of the outside posture, yes, but also about learning to become aware of the inner posture, to combine this, to get this unifi unification. And this is how I started to wonder, um, is there more behind the practice? There must be more. And I wanted to learn about the philosophy behind it. Could the yoga practice uh, lead me towards a higher goal than I would previously imagine? So during my vinyasa yoga teacher training that I then started in 2019, I learned more about Patanjali's uh, yoga sutra and the eight limbs that he wrote down about 350 years before Christ and it's called the Ashtanga Marga. And these eight limbs can be like a guidance, which we can use for our practice, be it physical or mental. And with that, the experienced yogis were able to, in, to reach the enlightenment, which is called Samadhi in Sanskrit. And in Ashtanga Yoga, the Patanjali, um, he suggested that we could start with yama, the handling of the outside. Become aware of what you do to others or like practice nonviolence called ahimsa in Sanskrit or not stealing, it's asteya in Sanskrit or avoid hoarding and greediness, aparigraha. Then you could uh, go further and do niyama, the handling of the insight, meaning become aware of how you treat yourself, like trying to be content, santosha, or do your best, tapas, or study yourself, svadhyaha. The next step of these eight limbs is asana, this is what we all may know best. It's the body practice, yeah, the posture, the alignment. The next step would be pranayama. That's the breathing techniques. Then pratyahara. This is withdrawing the senses and relax the mind. And then next step is dharana, 
which is the concentration onto one object. And then the seventh step is dhyana, the fusion, the meditation itself. And the next, the last step would be samadhi, the enlightenment, where we can say all is in all and where the unification is there, the microcosmos is in the macrocosmos. And you may, be, you may use the image of the unification of each drop, which then builds the sea. This is what I would like to transmit or transfer, transport to my yogis and to everyone who is interested in more behind the asanas. Thank you. Thank you, dear Gabriella. This is truly empowering, very informative, and you explained it very simple in a very understandable way. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, dear Kim, now we are ready to hear your thoughts on yoga and what it means to you. Unmute. What is yoga for me? Uh, first of all, happy yoga day, happy solstice day. And today is also the uh, day of honoring indigenous peoples in Canada. So just allow me to uh, say a word in honor of all of my indigenous brothers and sisters around the world. I'm actually uh, with you from the Interlake region of Manitoba and really happy to be here. Um, what is yoga for me? Uh, really, it's, it started in the very early 1970s uh, with Hatha yoga. And uh, at that time, uh, I was actually uh, encouraged by my mom to take some Hatha yoga classes, a lovely woman by the name of Barbara Preston. And uh, I did that. I really, really enjoyed it, uh, the postures and the breathing. And then that was that. I was kind of doing a whole bunch of years of freestyle, uh, you know, looking for that unity, that health and love for so many years. And it was in the, it was around 1986 that I met a practitioner of heartfulness meditation. Uh, and I wasn't ready yet to start that. Yeah. Uh, heartfulness is a form of Raja Yoga, uh, which is the last part of what Gabriella just explained in the Ashtanga. Um, and it was actually, you know, over the course of a few years that this kind person uh, fed me drop by drop, just a little bit and a little bit. Uh, and it wasn't until December 18th, 1989, uh, that I actually put my toe into the waters of meditation uh, and started practicing after some initial training. And I've never looked back. Uh, I've been practicing this uh, heartfulness since then, every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first thing for me was peace of mind and it just keeps expanding and expanding. Uh, in November of 1993, I was uh, permitted and prepared to offer training uh, in heartfulness. Um, I'm not gonna go into what it's all about. I think you'll hear more about that after. It's been tremendously beneficial to me uh, and for me. Uh, and uh, it's interesting because now I'm kind of going back to my yoga origins and feeling a need to uh, do some uh, physical postures and breathing exercises, and even to do some research and study into the science of yoga and meditation. So uh, it's kind of circling around to that. Um, Yoga for me has a lot to do with love and sharing and giving. And in light of that and the theme of, of today's program, Unity, 
I, I really feel uh, compelled to share uh, an extract from a piece uh, written by Parthasarthi Rajagopalachari. It's called The River of Love. And this is just part of it. Every mighty river is born in some mountain range as a tiny, humble rivulet containing but a small quantity of water derived from atmospheric precipitation in conformity with the laws of nature. The water flows down in many such small rivulets, overcoming all obstacles on the way. The tiny rivulet cuts its way down through the soil, flows around mighty boulders, leaps across chasms, and springs down great heights as a waterfall. Each small rivulet flows into another, each adding to the power of the other, on and on until a small river emerges, turbulent in its onward flow towards its destination, a destination which it neither perceives nor knows anything about. More tributaries swell its flow. It becomes a big river, ever more powerful and turbulent, gathering strength and might. One day it reaches the plains as a majestic and mighty flow. Turbulence is a thing of the past. The noise and visible force of its mountain existence is now no more. It is placid, seemingly gentle, with a mightiness that few can perceive. On and on it flows, gaining more volume, more tranquility and calm, ever fed by more and more rivers of increasing grandeur until at last it arrives at the predestined goal and in majestic triumph, it merges with the ocean. The ocean is thus swelled by many mighty rivers flowing into it in obedience to the laws of nature. The water of the ocean in turn is re-precipitated all over the surface of the earth. In this process, the river, which could at best serve but a small part of a country, now offers itself in the service of enormous areas of the world. A river finds to its wonder and delighted amazement that it is regenerated again and again, thus in a sense gaining an eternal existence so long as the cycle set up by nature is not interrupted by selfishness anywhere. The river thus becomes eternal, giving itself completely to the ocean, only to find itself getting back what it is given, giving that too to the ocean, once again receiving the life-giving waters, and so on until eternity. Thank you. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that beautiful um, piece, dear Kim. It was really uh, empowering, inspiring. And I love the way you um, honored each step of your journey and how gradually you um, introduced yoga into your life. And it has been part of your life since. Um, Nagin, we are all ear, uh, ears now to hear about your journey and what yoga means to you. Thank you, Shabnam. And hi, everyone. I'm so glad to be here with all of you today in celebration of yoga and summer solstice. And as Kim nicely mentioned, the Canadian Indigenous National Indigenous Day. Um, yoga for me is the journey towards our union with our higher self so we can actualize our highest potential in our human form. Um, and since adolescence, I've been looking for a way to actualize my highest potential. The first exposure I had to yoga was through a book I found in my father's book collection. It was about the hidden secrets of Hindu or yogic philosophy. And reading this book, I was fascinated with what ancient yogis have achieved in terms of self-development. In my search, I was mainly drawn to the invisible aspects of our being, our mental, emotional, and spiritual capacities. So when in my early 20s, I came across Raja Yoga, heartfulness, which is a method of Raja Yoga, 
as the name of Raja Yoga implies, um, I must explain this here, is the king of yogas. And it's all about yoga of the mind or better put yoga of the consciousness. So it seemed a perfect match to my interest. I started practicing heartfulness uh, under the guidance of a heartfulness trainer on a regular basis for 13 years. Then I was invited to take some more trainings to be able to teach other seekers in this method. It was in 2010 that I was trained and certified as a heartfulness trainer by the late Chariji, the global teacher of heartfulness at the time. And I was permitted to impart spiritual training by Pranahuti. Pranahuti is a Sanskrit term loosely translated as yogic transmission and described as pranasya prana, which means the soul of soul or the life of life because it awakens and gives life to the soul. It is a very subtle form of energy yet very potent that has been also described as the forceless force. We know that according to Newton's third law of motion, for every action or force in nature, there is an equal and opposite reaction. However, in the case of Pranahuti, due to its subtlety, it does not create any reaction and therefore this energy can be utilized for human evolution through unentangling the past conditioning in the mental and emotional uh, of the, the aspect of the seeker. In heartfulness, uh, we start from the seventh limb of Ashtanga Yoga that Gabriella uh, explained, which is meditation. The first, second, fifth, and sixth limbs are put together as the heartfulness and maxims that governs the seeker's daily life. Asana and pranayamas uh, are mainly practiced very minimally to bring physical balance or for stress reduction. With the support of yogic transmission, the seeker is enabled to start the practice directly from meditation and does not have to spend many years to go through the first six things to be prepared for meditation. Through the 10 maxims and a regular practice of heartfulness with the support of yogic transmission, the seeker can eliminate unwanted habits, acquire the desired habits and develop non-attachment and single pointed concentration on the main goal of human life in a simple, practical and effective way. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you so much, dear Nagin. It is so informative to hear how diverse is yoga and how it can evolve our lives into, on different aspects and levels. Um, so some beginners might ask the question that what is uh, the prerequisite to start our journey in yoga? Um, Gabriella, do you have any thoughts on that that you want to share with our audience? Yes, sure. Um, actually, I think that um, you don't need really anything. You just need interest and the readiness to be open to something new, to something different. For yoga, asana, the body practice, you just need your body and yourself and nothing else. And to, to go and to dive into yoga, you behind, behind the uh, asanas, you just need yourself, your interest, your mind, your, yeah, I think it's just the interest and, and the willingness to be, to look behind what you can see with your eyes, maybe be open also with feelings and uh, try something new, just be, also very curious to something new that's my personal opinion on that you don't need anything very Just well said interest. thank you so much gabriella again would thank you want you. to elaborate sure um in in heartfulness also the willingness of the seeker is the only requirement to begin the journey the rest will come as we embark on this path as Gabriella explained, through being open, the rest will come. And as Lao Tzu says, the journey of thousand miles starts with a single step. And that first step in heartfulness is just our willingness. 
even in heartfulness, the seeker does not have to pay for anything as the teachings and the supports of trainers is, is offered for free. That's great to know. Thank you so much for sharing. The other question that um, sometimes we receive it from um, many different people is that how to choose a method of yoga amongst so many? Um, it, it's sometimes very confusing. Uh, which one is best for me, for example? Um, that question keeps coming up uh, a lot uh, amongst the beginners community. Um, Dilma, do you want to um, share your um, thoughts on that one? All right. Um, so what to choose So, in regard to the question, what to choose, uh, what kind of yoga or what method mm. of yoga, it all entirely depends on you. So each person is different. We have different capabilities. We have different potentials and accessibility. So whatever appeals to you, it could be, you know, uh, vinyasa yoga, which is more physical yoga, uh, pranayama, which is breathing technique. It's like, you know, more spiritual path, it's more meditation like Raja yoga, whatever appeals to you. Or you can do all of those and, you know, uh, come to a conclusion that, oh, I want to start from this one, you know, everything is experiential, you need, you just need to access it, you need to experience it, and then decide for yourself, and everything is a path laid to you, you can decide upon. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Thank you, dear Domo, you explained it very well. Kim, it's now good to hear from you also. Um, how, what is your opinion on that? Well, I don't know what more I can add to what Dolma said. I would say, you know, let your heart be your guide. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's experience it, try different things, see what resonates with you. You know, I always think of like, how do you figure out what kind of apples to buy or what kind of pizza to eat or, you know, what kind of book to read or, you know, whatever it is. Feel it out. Make it your own. Mm -hmm. Very well said, dear Kim. Thank you so much. Now, at this point, we are ready to take our audience's questions. You can type your questions in the comment section of the Facebook Live, and then I will share them with our panelists. So let me quickly look at our Facebook Live comments and see. We give it a few seconds for the questions to come in. So here is a question that I received. How much time do I need to invest in yoga to start seeing the benefits? Um, so please feel free to chime in. Whoever is comfortable to answer that question, you can go ahead and you may unmute yourselves and share. Should I go first then? You can, you can, please. Okay, so how much time you need to put uh, to see a certain benefit, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I would say first thing is start doing and then practice. Con uh, you don't need, and the thing is, you don't need to do too much. You just need to do a little bit but continuously doing it. So make a routine, like 15 minutes, I'm gonna you know, uh, invest just 15 minutes a day, maybe every day, because we eat every day. That's why we need to move every day. So if you just put 15, if you decide to 10, 10, 15 minutes on yoga, just 10 minutes every day, and then in within weeks, or even within, within a couple of days, you might you know, see some changes within you. So that's my, uh, that's my answer. <laughs> Thank 
Thank you. That is very interesting because sometimes people think that they have to dedicate a lifetime or a very extended period of time before they start seeing the benefits. So this is this is actually really great and it's a great advice. Thank you. Yes. So my approach is usually not doing too much, mm -hmm. doing a little bit, but continuously doing. So mm -hmm. the consistency will take you to wherever your goal is set you know and you I mean you just need to do it's not like because we eat every day we need to do yoga every day that's how you want to you know think mm -hmm. yoga as a part of you because we eat to live we need yoga to live as well mm -hmm. thank you perfect thank you any other thoughts on that question I would say the same is with mental practice of yoga. I've seen people, even in one session, they feel the relaxation that can take place in that one session. And then they realize this is the part that is missing in their life, that space, that pause. And so even in one session, you can feel the benefit. But then as Dolma mentioned, with continuation of the practice, you benefit more and more and you create a discipline in your life to maintain that peace of mind. Thank you, Negin. So basically um, what I hear is to be steady, uh, small steps at a time, assess and see how to continue and um, incorporate maybe more aspects of yoga in your uh, daily life um, absolutely thank you for that any any other thoughts or opinions or we can go to the next question there is a question um how do i choose my yoga teacher and instructor I would like to say my thoughts about this question. I think that um, as there are so many different variants, so many different yeah, ways of doing yoga, Ashtanga yoga, Hatha yoga, Vinyasa yoga, um, many different ones. Um, so I think that as we already said, maybe you should just dive into it. Just try one, then next week, the next, and then the week after the next. And then you can find which yoga practice is the right one for you, where you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then also, for me personally, it is important how does the teacher talk is the way of talking mm -hmm. feeling well for me is the voice nice um because i i may like doing vinyasa yoga but then there is a teacher who has a very high voice and i always feel like he or she is screaming at me so i will never go back <laughs> but if there is a, the teacher saying um or talking in a nice way and uh, where I can feel very comfortable and doing also the practice or where how he can lead me or she can say good things that are with my are, are um, equal to my opinion maybe we you don't know you will have mm -hmm. to see and just try and mm -hmm. so in that way I think you can find the right teacher for you as person and also the right uh, yoga practice mm -hmm. as as type of yoga that's my opinion thank you thank you gabriella so basically me it, it really depends on the um, communication style the receptivity of the students the way they want to explore and uh, um, experience the yoga um, to just dive in and um, experience different methods and experience different teachers and see what makes sense for them. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, I would like to add something here, if, uh, if it's okay. Mm 
um, sometimes we are led to certain paths or certain teachers in magical ways too. So, I mean, some, some part of it is the practical experience and sensing things and feeling things. And some other times we might find ourselves in a certain, you know, community in a certain path that we didn't look for it necessarily, but we ended up there. And once we started looking and being open to that, then we find related. And then we realize it, it's been in, a, in an unconscious way, we are led to that place. So that's another way that we may end up finding our teacher too. Yes, yes, very well said. So basically follow your intuition and listen to your heart's guidance. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, to stay with our timing, um, I think we have to move forward. Um, at this point, if, um, okay, I would like to um, share the contact information of our uh, panelists. If any of you are inspired to know more about them, to connect with them, let me go ahead and share my screen so that for a few seconds so that you can either take a snapshot of the screen if that is comfortable for you or if you prefer, you can write down the information. I just also need to mention that um, the recording of this um, session will remain on Facebook and you can uh, keep coming back to it at your convenience uh, as well. All right, let's go back. And now we are ready to get a taste uh, of yoga techniques. And Dolma will show us two physical seated post postures. And then Gabriella will walk us through a um, breathing technique. And then Kim will guide us um, uh, through a brief relaxation, centering, and meditation session. So, Doma, the floor is yours. Please go ahead. Okay, so my start, uh, time starts now. All right, yeah, I got three minutes. All right, so bring your hands uh, in prayer pose. Um, so your hands are right on the heart center thumbs pressing into the sternum it's your mid chest all right lengthen so hinge from your lower back and back and lift and lengthen the spine is long and tall as if you imagine something is pulling like a shrink from the top of your head into the sky all right take a deep inhale and exhale Inhale, and exhale, one more, last one, and exhale. So slowly opening your eyes, right hand down by your side, left hand all the way up, rotate your chest to the ceiling or towards the sky, and take a deep inhale here and exhale side bend and hold here for maybe a couple of breaths since we don't have much time and feel the side body stretching maybe from your head just want to be mindful where where you're feeling and sensing Okay, one last breath. In your exhale, reach a little bit further and inhale back to the center. Okay, so changing the side, left hand down on the floor, right hand right above your head and slowly bend and exhale. One last inhale, 
exhale, reach a little bit further in your exhale and come back in your inhale. All right, so we're gonna go into a twist, left hand over your right knee, to kind of anchor here. So before you're going into a twist, make sure you're kind of lift, you know, straighten up, your back is straight up and then take a deep inhale. And exhale, start twisting. Stay here for another two breaths. All right, inhale, come back to the center and exhale. All right, switching the side into second side twist. Inhale, lift and lengthen. Exhale, start deepening the stretch. Hold here for another two breaths. And inhale, returning back to the center, bringing your <clears throat> palms together at your heart center. Taking a deep breath in and exhale, relax. Thank you so much. Thank you, dear Dolma and Gabriella. Do you want to start with the pranayama practice? Yes, sure. Thank you. So I now would like to guide you through an exercise, which is a two-in-one exercise. <laughs> it is a pranayama, a yogic breathing exercise. Padadirasana is the Sanskrit word for this breathing technique as well as a Jinshin Jutsu, an energetic exercise. Jinshin Jutsu is an ancient healing uh, art of harmonizing the body through gentle touches, similar to acupressure. So the light touches can balance and restore the energy flow to a more harmonious state. If you like to try, just sit relaxed on your chair or in thunderbolt pose or cross-legged. Cross your arms in front of your chest, placing the hands right under your opposite armpits with the thumbs pointing upwards. And then let your shoulders fall. You can close your eyes if you like and become aware of your breathing process. Breathe slowly. Breathe slow, deep and rhythmical until the flow of the breath in both nostrils becomes equalized. If you like, you can direct your eyes behind closed or open eyelids towards your third eye. That's the point on your front between your eyebrows. The pressure under your both armpits helps to open both nostrils to facilitate the pranayama practice. Since the breath flow in the right and left nostrils influences the activities of the sympathic and parasympathic nervous systems, opening the two nostrils can lead to an automatic, autonomic balance.
you embrace yourself and can your day can let your daily life stress and worries go. This can bring harmonization to your body, mind, and soul. And can and can help, for example, in case of pain with the lifting arm, numbness in ring and little finger, as well as diseases of the lymphatic system. So if you like, you just continue breathing like this until you feel the flow is balanced in both nostrils. And if you like, you can now slowly open your eyes gently and come back to join us listening to Kim. Thank you. Thank you, Gabriela. That was wow. Now we'll have a, a short taste of artfulness, relaxation, and meditation. So I'll ask you to sit comfortably. And once again, close your eyes very softly, very gently. Take a good deep breath in, feeling the air coming into your body and out, just letting go. Just wiggle your toes a little and let the toes relax. And imagine, or maybe you can feel a flow of relaxing, healing energy from the earth from our Mother Earth, flowing through the feet, soothing the feet, moving through the ankles and the lower legs, relaxing the calf muscles, through the knees, softening the knees, and your thighs, relaxing the muscles in the upper legs, and feel your whole legs now relax. This flow of energy moving through the hips, deeply relaxing the hips and your tummy, relaxing the abdominal muscles and your waist letting go. Now flowing round to the lower back, releasing any tension in the lower back. Moving slowly up through the mid back, all the way to the top of your back. And feel your whole back now completely relaxed. Flowing now round to the chest, relaxing the chest area. And up through the shoulders, relaxing the shoulders. Feel your shoulders melting away. Flowing through the upper arms, elbows, your forearms, through the wrists and hands, right to the fingertips, relaxed. 
now flowing to the neck, relaxing all parts of your neck. And now bring your awareness up to the face, relaxing the jaw, let it drop slightly, your mouth, your lips, cheeks, all the facial muscles relaxing, nose, ears, eyes, eyelids, across the brow, softening, forehead, relaxing, and all the way to the top of your head, relaxed. Imagine this flow of healing energy moving ever so gently through your head, relaxing the mind. And now bring your attention to the heart. And have the thought of the source of light and love that's already there in your heart. Gently tuning into the heart and allowing this source of divine light to attract you from within. Allow your mind to rest with that one idea. If other thoughts come during the meditation, it's okay. Let them pass like clouds in the sky. And remember that you're meditating on the source of divine light in the heart. I'll tell you when the meditation is over.
And now, with your eyes still gently closed, let yourself slowly come from the meditation. Take your time. Notice how you feel. Observe your condition. Whenever you feel ready, you gently open your eyes. So that's a, a taste of heartfulness. There's lots more. Um, now, Shabnam will show us, and I invite you to watch a short video, a short inspirational video on yoga. Thank you everyone for your presence, um, deep gratitude for our participants and our panelists for joining us today. Remember our unity and connection. Stay healthy and um, happy. We are planning to have monthly panel discussions on various topics. Stay tuned for next Be Infinite uh, monthly life and have a blessed rest of the day. Goodbye to everyone. Okay, everyone, we are free. <laughs> I, uh, I stopped the live streaming. The and the recording? Uh, no, the recording, I can stop it. It's, it's for us for...